Hare Krishna. Welcome to Thursday's Srimad Bhagavatam class. Srimad Bhagavatam ki. Prabhupada ki. Iskan ki. We have an announcement. You are invited. Hare Krishna. Appreciation party. Appreciation party for Abhimanyu Prabhu and Mother Megarupa. Appreciation party for Abhimanyu Prabhu and Mother Megarupa Prabhu. For all their years of wonderful services, they will be moving to South America to continue their services. The date of the party is February 21st, 2022, Monday, so next week. It's at 6 p.m. in the activity room at the temple, 6 p.m. activity room on February 21st, February 21st, Monday, 6 p.m. Help with cooking, if you want to help with cooking. Please contact Mother Sueta. Helping with preparations and cleaning the activity room, please contact Bhakta Jason Dundavats. Thank you, Mother Sueta, Bhakta Jason, for doing this too. I think they're push, put, putting this together. So let's all come and say goodbye to Abhimanyu Prabhu and Mother Megarupa Prabhu for their kind service and wonderful devotion. They've been such good friends and nice devotees here at the temple for so long. So we're going to miss them a lot, right? <clears throat> it's always sad we say goodbye to devotees. And that's similarly going to be the theme that's involved in the Bhagavatam today, actually for quite a while, the next few lectures are going to talk about this business of being together and then being apart and how we should see it. So let's dive into it. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki, the spotless Purana, Canto 1, chapter 13, text number 40. But with, before we get into it, we need to chant a little bit. <clears throat> Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivaradari Yashora Nandana Raja Janaranjana Yashora Nandana Raja Janaranjana Yashora Nandana Raja Janaranjana Damuna tira vanachari. Damuna tira vanachari. Jayaradamadava kunjavi hari.
Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Yashorananda Braja Janananda Yashorananda Braja Janananda Thank you, Hare Krishna. Jamunati Ravanachari Jamunachira Vanachari Jamunachira Vanachari Jamunachira Vanachari Kunjabi Hari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare, Hare. Prabhupada, Prabhupada. Prabhupada, Jaya, Jaya. Prabhupada, Jaya, Jaya. Guru Gurudev. Guru Dev Jaya Jaya Guru Dev. It's a Gora Pemanandi. Shishi Radakalachanji Ki Jai. Shishi Radagovinda Ki Jai. Shishi Chota Radakalachanji Ki Jai. Lord Jagannath, Lord Baladev, Subhadra Devi Ki Jai. Shishi Gornitai Ki Jai. Lord Nishingade, Bhakta Prahlad Ki Jai. Tulsi Maharani, Brinda Devi Ki Jai, Sankirtan Yagya Ki Jai, Savior of the whole world, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 13, Text Number 40. Karna Dara, Kar, Karna Dara Evapare 
Bhagavan para darasaka atas atabas hase Bhagavan narado muni satamaha karana dara iva pare kanara dara iva pare Bhagavan para darsakaha Bhagavan para darsakanaha Atabab hase Bhagavan Atabab hase Bhagavan Narado muni sattamaha Narado muni sattamaha Kanara dara iva pare Bhagavan para darsakaha Atabhase Bhagavan Narado Muni Satamaha Karna Daraha Captain of the ship Eva like Apare in the ex- in the extensive oceans Bhagavan representative of the Lord Para Darshake Paradarsakahe, one who can, one who can give directions to the other side. Ata, thus, Ababhase began to say, Bhagavan, the godly personality, Narada, the great sage, Narada, Munisatamaha, the greatest among the devotee philosophers. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki, Jai Srila Prabhupada. Translation, you are like a captain of a ship in a great ocean, and you can direct us to our destination. Thus addressed, the godly personality, Devarshi Narda, greatest of the philosopher devotees, began to speak. Repeat the translation again. You are like a captain of a ship in a great ocean, and you can, and you can direct us to our destination. Thus addressed, the godly personality, Devarshi Narda, greatest of the philosopher devotees, began to speak. Purport. There are different types of philosophers, and the greatest of all of them are those who have seen the personality of Godhead and have surrendered themselves in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Among all such pure devotees of the Lord, the Varshi Narda is the chief, and therefore he has been described herein as the greatest of all philosopher devotees. Unless one has become a sufficiently learned philosopher by hearing the Vedanta philosophy from a bona fide spiritual master, one cannot be a learned philosopher devotee. One must be very faithful, learned, and renounced. Thank you. Otherwise, one cannot be a pure devotee. A pure devotee of the Lord can give us direction towards the other end of nescience. 
Devarsi Narada used to visit the palace of Maharaj Yudhisthira because the Pandavas were all pure devotees of the Lord and the Devarsi was always ready to give them good counsel whenever needed. Omagana Tirandasha Jananjanan Salakaya Chakshu and Militam Jena Tazmai Shri Guravena Mahashi Chaitanya Minobisham Shapitam Jena Bhutale Swam Rupa Kanama Abdanti Swabadantikam. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances unto the dust of his lotus feet, Nama Um Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prasdaya Bhutale. Shimati Tamal Krishna Goswami Nitinamani. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pestaya Bhutale. Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamani. Namaste Saraswati Deve. Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Sunyavari Pashka Dadesha Tarine. Banchakopa Tarubascha Kripasinu Zevacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavabio Namona Maha. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirdwaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai So we're reading Canto 1 Chapter 13 Text Number 40 Dhritarashtra Quits Home Who's Speaking? Yudhisthira is speaking to Narada Muni He's in uh, great anxiety. He's just uh, suffered the loss of his uncle and aunt and other uncle. And so he's uh, feeling greatly disturbed. He's upset. Where have they gone? He doesn't know. And so who comes whenever there is a great disturbance? Narada Muni comes to save the day. So many times in the... Uh, Scriptures we know in the pastimes of Krishna, Narada Muni will appear to help the devotees. And this is Krishna. Krishna's greatest, greatest devotee, Narada Muni is described as the greatest of the philosopher devotees. He comes when there's a need. And Krishna does this for us too. When there's a great need, when we're in incredible anxiety, Krishna will come to us. Um, we see it so many times and the great examples there of, uh, the, uh, the little, uh, yogis that came to visit Vaikuntha, the, the Kumaras, the four Kumaras, and they maintained themselves as little boys and they, uh, were naked, right? So they, they wanted to come into Vaikuntha. And the guard keepers, Jai and Vijay, said, no, no one who is unqualified can come into Vaikuntha. And they said, you rascals, you know, and they, the little Brahmins, the little yogis cursed Jai and Vijay. And so there was a great tumult, commotion, problem, difficulty. Jai and Vijay are, well, this is our duty. We cannot let you in. We know you must be advanced souls. You're standing in front of us, you're requesting entrance, <clears throat> but they had to follow their instructions, their dharma of a guard is to guard, <laughs> to protect from unwanted persons entering uh, an area that they're protecting. So they did the right thing, 
But at the same time, they offended these devotees, and the devotees can curse. These little Brahmins cursed. And so, who appears on the scene? Lord Vishnu. <laughs> Lord Vishnu appears. We would have thought, well, did Narada Muni come? Vishnu himself came. But whenever Narada comes, it can be seen the same way as Vishnu coming, as Krishna coming. But sometimes Krishna will send his representative. Krishna will send his pure, unalloyed devotee. And, Pro- and, and Krishna did that for us in sending Prabhupada. Prabhupada came from the spiritual world and empowered to preach love of God and spread all over the world and to give us clarity, so much clarity Prabhupada gives us in translating the Bhagavad Gita and translating the Bhagavatam. You know, we can't understand these scriptures on our own. Uh, so many wonderful scriptures and they need uh, a guide. They need a teacher. You know, this is the highest science. This is the most erudite, scholarly material that you can get. There's nothing higher. Knowledge of God and God's relationship with His intimate devotees is the topmost knowledge. And it's what we all aspire to get back to, right? Get back home, back to Godhead, and assume our relationship with Krishna and and Krishna consciousness is inside us, right? It's dormant, love of Godhead. It's inside us. And so we need the expert advice and counsel and expert teaching of a pure devotee like Srila Prabhupada, like Narada Muni. So the Bhagavatam is full, it's just full of the times that Narada Muni comes and appears on the scene to give solace, to give instruction, to help the situation along so that devotees will will make more advancement to understanding Krishna. And Narada, uh, you know, we understand the Pandavas were pure devotees. They understood Krishna perfectly and they engaged in pastimes with Krishna. But sometimes they fall into illusion, right? Because... It's part of the pastimes of the Lord. They have to become illusion so that uh, someone can come and instruct them. <laughs> so Yudhisthira, he knows he's not his body. He knows he's a spirit soul. But Narada Muni comes to remind him. Maharaj Yudhisthira asked, O godly personality, I don't know where my two uncles have gone, nor can I find my aesthetic aunt who is grief-stricken by the loss of her sons. So Yudhisthira, he's not speaking purely from a material point of view. My actions are purely from a material point of view. So this, what we're going to hear Narada Muni say is going to be very instructive for me. Because I see things totally materially. And so, <clears throat> this, this, this dialogue is there for us. So it, it's almost like a mini Bhagavad Gita. You know, we're going to hear Narada Muni say things that are very similar to what Krishna said in the Bhagavad Gita. And it's very wonderful. And basically, uh, you know, he's consoling, you know, and, and he's not doing this just because you know, like for me, the gross ignorance of my material misunderstanding has to be vacated, has to be banished by the light of the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita. 
But Yudhisthira is part of the Bhagavatam. And so Yudhisthira's illusion is not ordinary. And his feeling of separation from his aunt and uncles is uh, very wonderful. And there's a great sweetness and love excuse me, that the pure devotees have for each other and that they uh, exhibit very freely. And these pure devotees, they, they don't just love others that love them, right? They love everyone. <laughs> we read earlier that Yudhisthira uh, never had an enemy that was born. No one was ever born that he considered his enemy. So that means no one was ever his enemy. He had people that took an enemy position against him, but he didn't even consider them his enemies. So we can just uh, begin to understand what a pure devotee like Maharaj Yudhisthira was. And so another pure devotee comes on the scene and to make Maharaj Yudhisthira happy, <laughs> he's just begun, he's lost the association of his uncles and his aunt who he loved very much and he knows his aunt was a great aesthetic. She had voluntarily agreed to be blindfolded and live her life that way in honor of her husband who was blind. So you can just imagine what kind of a, a, a yogi, what kind of a person, what kind of power uh, Gandhari had to be able to do this and and not to, uh, you know, sneak out on the weekends and go, you know, watch some movies and you know, they didn't have movies. You know, she didn't say, well, I'm gonna, I'm only gonna do this, uh, you know, two hours a day, right? I'll wear my blindfold when I'm near my husband. No, she wore the blindfold all the time. You can imagine it must have been difficult to maintain this, uh, uh, blindness while she was doing so many other things. But as an aesthetic, and Prabhupada mentions in the verse before that, she is a tip Gandhari. Queen Gandhar, Gandhari is a typical example of an aesthetic because of her marvelous character and in many trying situations. She was an ideal woman as mother, wife, and aesthetic. And, and such persons are rarely found, not just amongst women, but amongst men. It's very rare to find someone who has this uh, strength of mind and character and that even under this trying circumstance, she was a mother to her children. She was a good wife. And she, she maintained the duties of being a queen. And so, uh, Maharaj Yudhisthira felt very, very aggrieved because he had, uh, been the cause or, or, you know, he, he had helped Krishna with, okay, let's, we've got to get rid of these brothers. The brothers had taken a position against them, Dhritarashtra's sons and Gandhari's sons, and and it was it, they didn't want a compromise. Dhritarashtra didn't want a compromise. Duryodhana didn't want a compromise. They weren't going to give the Pandavas even enough land to put a pin in that they could be you know rulers of, which is their nature. They had to be in charge of something. They had to administrate something. They said, just give us you know, give us. A, uh, five, five villages for the Pandavas and we'll be, we can, we can, we can administer them. That'll be enough. And, and, and of course, Duridan said no. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. So Duridan refused even to give as much land as a pin could be placed in to the Pandavas. 
And of course, they had stolen the temple that was not their right. It was not Duryodhana's right to rule the world and be the emperor. And so this great battle of Kurukshetra was forced upon them, right? The Pandavas didn't want to fight. And to such an extent, even the, the morning of the battle, right? Arjuna says, no, Krishna, drive me in front of the two armies and let me look at them and let me see who's here to fight, um, to fight against. And he has his moment of doubt. He has his illusion thrust upon him by his mind, right? Because he's feeling love and affection for these persons that he's going to have to fight. He's literally going to have to try and kill these people who he loves. His grandfather, it must have been abhorrent to him to have to think of that. So Krishna has to speak Bhagavad Gita and say, here's why you have to fight. You can make your own mind. You have free will. You can decide for yourself. Krishna does the same thing for us. Every single day, every minute, every moment of every day, we have a decision to make. Will we be Krishna conscious? Will we fight the battle that Krishna has given us? Or will we get lazy? Or will we be sinful? Or will we try to have some sense gratification? Every single moment is like this. We can think of these things. Are we thinking of Krishna and following our duty, our dharma, our our instructions of our spiritual master? Or are we trying to, to create our own path, right? Or we're half on the path of devotion and half on the path of sense enjoyment and we're trying to walk along. It doesn't work very well. You end up in the ditch, right? You end up knocked off the road of bhakti and you end up in the ditch. And so uh, Yudhisthira uh, didn't have this problem. And Krishna's coming to speak the Bhagavad Gita and Narada Muni's coming to console uh, Yudhisthira are instructive for us. We shouldn't ever think that Krishna or Guru gives up on us. Or deserts us. Even though we desert them how many millions and billions of times we keep turning our back on this knowledge, on these personalities who come again and again and again and again to instruct us, right? How many times has Krishna spoken Bhagavad Gita? He spoke it to the sun god who spoke it to his son. And Krishna says, whenever it's lost, I come again. Uh, some, or some, I send someone else to speak and teach these teachings. Because the, the teachings of the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita are eternal religious principles. They don't change, right? We are starting a Bhagavad Gita study session on every evening at 7 p.m. I guess except Sunday, right? Because we have the Sunday program. But it just started last night, night before last. And um, Mother Anuradha, you all might know her, Aurav's mother, she is... Uh, helping to put this together and bringing the devotees together to hear from Bhagavad Gita. And that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Your day should be sandwiched between these two events, spiritual practices in the morning, hearing the Bhagavatam, and spiritual practice in the evening, hearing the Bhagavad Gita, just for 30 minutes. So tune in to the temple, turn on (laughs) the Bhagavad Gita, turn off the Maya, (laughs) and turn on to the uh, wonderful pastimes of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. It's just been begun. It's such an exciting part. We have a description of the armies. 
And one of my favorite parts of the, of the Bhagavad Gita is when Krishna and, and the Pandavas and their army blow their conch shells, right? We know the story. The, the conch shells have just been blown by the Kauravas. Bhima, I'm sorry, Bhishma Dev, the grandfather, Drona, Karna, Duryodhan, his brothers, 199 brothers, they've all blown their conch shells, right? And it must have just been crushing, you know, huge sound, and you know, the army rattles their, their weapons and bugles and kettle drums, and it's just a tumultuous noise, right? Huge sound. And it, it rallies the troops and it, it gets you riled up and excited. And so the, the Korvas just did that. And then now it's the time for the Pandavas. Now they're going to blow their conch shells. And who is the number one person blowing his conch shell? Well, it's Krishna. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has a conch shell and is blowing on it. You can imagine what, what kind of a transcendental conch blowing sound that made plus all of his pure devotees were there all of krishna's most intimate loving associates were there the pandavas the supporters of the pandavas men who had come to give their lives in service to the pandavas and knowing that they may very likely die in battle but that will be glorious because they're they're serving the good side. And even the men that served on the Korova side, they had, they got the same benefit because they were in, in, in ignorance. They, they're supporting Durodan. They had to, they had to fight for him. Even, even Bishmadev had to fight for the, for the, for drone, for the, uh, for the wrong side, right? But he knew it was part of Krishna's plan. And, and, and our life itself is part of Krishna's plan. You say, well, gosh, that's not even comparable. Is, is Are our lives even comparable to the battle of Kurukshetra? Yes. It's just as much of a struggle for us to do things as it was for them. And Krishna points this out in the Gita, and that's why the Gita is there to show us the example. So what's going to happen? The, the Krishna and the, and the Pandavas blow their conch shells on the battlefield in response to what they've just heard. And the blowing of their conch shells did what to the hearts? It broke the hearts. <laughs> it broke the hearts of the of the core of us. Let's read it exactly because I'm not. I thought I remembered exactly the words that were that were heard. Bhishma, the other side. Both Lord Krishna and Arjuna stationed on a great chariot drawn by white white horses sounded their transcendental conch shells. Lord Krishna blew his conch shell called the Pankanjaya. Arjuna blew his, the Devadatta. And Bhima, the voracious eater and performer of Herculean task, blew his terrific conch shell called Pondra. King Yudhisthira blew his conch shell. All the others were there. Okay. The blowing of these different conch shells became uproarious, vibrating in both the sky and on the earth. It shattered the hearts of the sons of Dhritarashtra. Shattered the hearts of the sons of Dhritarashtra. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't that such an incredible thing to, to read and to hear? And, and, and the, the, uh, 
the Korovas knew, you know, they were, they were, they were going to have a hard time here. Uh, they, they were, they, they knew they had superior military strength, but they're about to lose. And so this was one of the, one of the signs. Their hearts were shattered. The sons of Deuterostra. So the sons of Deuterostra, not only were their hearts shattered, their lives were taken in the battle. And so we have their father and mother. They've left home. And Eudistir's feeling separation. So Eudistir addresses Nardamuni. Eudistir was so happy, right, when they, when he saw, uh, Vidura come home, right, after a long time. Vidura had left the palace and then Battle of Kurukshetra happened and then he comes back. So they're so happy to see him. And then, then Vidura, who's the younger son of Dhritarashtra, he said, Get out of here. You're an old man. It's time to leave your body. Get out of this opulent house, this palace, and go and move to the forest. Excuse me. And in such time as you have, become Krishna conscious. And this is there for us. Once we've wound up our material activities in this lifetime, we should be preparing ourselves to do the same thing. To retire. To get away from all of these uh, administrative affairs of the household. And then we can just preach and, and give 100% all day long, all night, all the time, and create that deep uh, commitment and time for ourselves to really be immersed in Krishna consciousness under the instructions of the spiritual master and go back home, back to Godhead at the end of life. We're not meant to be entangled at the end of our lives. We're meant to to really have this time. And uh, so uh, Narada Muni addresses, I'm sorry, Maharaj used to address Narada Muni as the captain of a ship in a great ocean. And you can direct us to our destination. This is another uh, example, another comparison Another metaphor for the spiritual master and the disciple. The spiritual master is the captain of a ship. And that ship is bhakti. And we've got to get on that ship. And then we can cross the great oceans of ignorance, of darkness, of nescience. It's it's very difficult to overcome the darkness of the material world. We're in a... part of the universe where it's dark half the time, right? Half of the day night, half of the day light. In other places, in the hellish planets, it's dark all the time. In the heavenly areas, it's illuminated all the time. So we're caught in between. But that's a good thing because we can see it's a little bit difficult and it's a little bit heavenly. So we're not too addicted to the heavenly. We're not too overwhelmed by the hellish. If When you're in the hellish worlds you're just suffering all the time there's no time for spiritual life in the mid-level planet oh we have about half of our time right think about it how many hours a day can you give to krishna consciousness well there's so many other things we have to do to maintain ourselves right we have we have a material body we have to have uh money to maintain ourselves a shelter if we have children we have dependents we have to care for them but don't let that be all that you do. 
right? The point here is that you should spend spend your time uh, all day if you can, but if you can't because you're doing other things, at least make sure you get your time in. And so Prabhupada set this up very nicely. He said just, just 16 rounds, two, three hours a day, chant Hare Krishna, read for an hour, offer your food to me, do devotional service, do everything as an offering to me, and then even your, your services, your job, even the things you do to maintain yourself that are very ordinary and mundane and material, they can be spiritualized because you're using them in service to Krishna. Yukta Vairagya. This is the principle taught by Rupa Goswami. Use everything in Krishna's service. Don't become a dry, you know, speculator or renunciate just desiring liberation from material suffering. No, there's so much more than just being liberated from material suffering. There's Krishna consciousness where, you know, every step is a dance. Every word is a song. Everyone is crazy in love for Krishna, for serving Krishna, for serving each other, for helping each other, all in service to Krishna. You can just imagine if the most wonderful person that ever existed in in this world that you know of, that you could be with and spend all your time with, who would that be? You know, for some people it would be some sort of, you know, famous person or maybe a famous spiritual person if they're a little bit more advanced. But if you're really, really advanced, you'd say, gosh, I'd want to spend all my time with Srila Prabhupada. I'd want to spend all my time with Tamal Krishna Goswami, my spiritual master. I'd want to spend all my time with Giriraj Swami. (laughs) You know, I don't want to spend all my time with some great devotees that are preaching Krishna consciousness. And so we can't just say, well, I'm just going to go and and live with some advanced... Well, you know, you have to surrender. They have, they have to accept you. Then they give you instructions. So if you really surrender to someone, you can't say, well, I'm just going to go live with you. You have to do what I say. No, you have to do what the guru says. And the guru says, I want you to stay here and do service here. Or I want you to go there. Or, or maybe you can come with me for some time. Tamal Krishnamaraj did that for me. He let me come visit him. I got to serve him in Dallas. I got to travel and sometimes travel with him. But I didn't spend all of my time, you know, doing that. I He gave me other instructions. And the basic instructions were chant 16 rounds Hare Krishna. Follow the regulator principles. Read an hour a day. He said, can you just do that? Is that enough? Do you need more? <laughs> it, no. Yes, thank you, Guru Maharaj. I just, if I can just do that, I'll be successful, right? And so sometimes we, though we hanker for more, we hanker for the association of these advanced personalities because we've we've been given an opportunity. Why why do we like it so much? Why why did why why was there such glorious uh celebration always around Prabhupada? It wasn't always celebratory, but I mean the devotees would go mad for Prabhupada. They would go mad to serve him. And they uh the devotees that served him intimately, they knew it wasn't always like that. They knew it was hard because Prabhupada would chastise them. Prabhupada would chop on them. Prabhupada would instruct them, and it wasn't some big, you know, fun festival every day. But the 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 that's because we're in training. We the guru has to train us. You know, this is not a mundane material party. This is a this is how I train you to serve 
to serve and you, you, you train up serving the spiritual master as preparation for your service to Krishna, right? Because one day we want to go back and serve Krishna in the spiritual world. Or we want to serve Krishna right now. We want to learn how to serve Krishna right now in doing the things we do every single day. You can do that. That's the point of the spiritual master. And the point is, is we should be trying to find time, excuse me, during the day that we, we increase our instruction, our reading, our time, our preaching, our chanting, our, our uh, doing service for the temple, doing service for ourselves doing service for others that helps them in Krishna consciousness. This should be our goal to think, how can we expand that so that I don't waste these 24 hours every day and, and only give an hour, two hours to Krishna? Why not more? There's 24 hours in a day. How much time does it take to sleep, to eat, to bathe? The, okay, you got a job. Okay, you got to do that. What about the rest of the time? There's an, still an awful lot of time to be given to Krishna if we're inclined to do it. How do we become inclined to do it? By doing it. <laughs> Chanting Hare Krishna is the goal. And the means of getting the goal is by chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> so you chant Hare Krishna in order to be able to chant Hare Krishna. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to do go through some some training or such to chant Hare Krishna. Prabhupada Gurudev Krishna say from the beginning, chant Hare Krishna. Okay, you will chant offensively, but then your chanting will become purified from within the heart. And you will begin to chant more purely day after day after day. And then you will, you will achieve the goal of chanting Hare Krishna, which is to chant Hare Krishna purely. And when you chant Krishna's name, you will know that Krishna is His name. You will feel the ecstasy of just chanting Krishna You'll feel the ecstasy of seeing all living beings as having Krishna inside them in their heart. And you'll feel the ecstasy of, of looking at everything and knowing that Krishna created it and feeling Krishna in everything. And it's such an amazing Krishna consciousness. That's Krishna consciousness, the feeling, and it's ecstatic. It's so ecstatic that you can't preach at that level. You have to come down a little bit in order to be able to preach. You know, get a little bit muddy, get your hands a little bit dirty, right? And, and you got to come deal with that, but you, you still get that wonderful Krishna consciousness. And that's yours in your heart, and you're always, the pure devotee's always enjoying it. The, uh, a devotee said to Prabhupada one time, uh, challenged him, uh, a young man in a class, a new person, and said, you know, well, how can you be chanting Hare Krishna all the time? Uh, something to this effect. I may not be telling the story right. Prabhupada said, come and, and listen to the, to his back. And the person put their ear on Krishna's back where his heart, you know, across from his heart. He said, yes. He could hear Prabhupada's heart chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? So this is the, this is the kind of personalities we're dealing with. And they're not just selfish saying, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy Krishna consciousness. No, the, the byproduct, the, 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 the realization of being a pure devotee is that you want to give it to others very freely because the Lord wants it distributed very freely. Krishna has appeared as Lord Chaitanya. Lord Balaram has appeared as Lord Nityananda Prabhu. And they want to spread the, 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 the love of God, 
They've broken open the storehouse of love of God and are distributing it very freely and without discrimination. There's no requirement of birth, what kind of person you are or aren't, what your background is, what the skin, color of your skin is, or even what is your uh, birth uh, uh, sex. Are you male? You're female? You're 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 this? You're that? Doesn't matter. Krishna consciousness is for you. And this this love of God, this nectar of the holy name, is there for you to enjoy if you want it. You just have to come and get it. That's the only requirement for getting it, is a desire to get it. <laughs> is that amazing or what? I have a desire for so many other things, material things, but I don't. You don't get it just because you desire it, right? You have to work for it. You have to go and buy it. You have to go and pay for it. You have to work hard to find it and get it. If it's something very Rare and difficult to achieve, you will spend a lot of effort, material effort to get something that's material. And what good is that? You know, uh, if you can just divert that attention a little bit and, and, and get greedy for love of God, get, get, uh, get, uh, trans, it's a transcendental desire or greediness to, to have love of God in your heart. That's the goal. And then Krishna, Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, they distribute this love very freely. When and and the more you want it, the more you get it. And then they they teach us the the more you, you the more you try to give it give it to others, the more you get it yourself. So Prabhupada made this practically a sacrament of the the movement, practically a a requirement. Uh, of our of our movement to get love of God is to get, try to give love of God to others, you know. And and the Gita says that the the, the devotee that tries to teach other devotees, the, the the devotee that tries to give Krishna to others, is most dear. He's the most dear person to Krishna. So let's go over real quick again what Yudhisthira said or what uh, Yudhisthira is greeting Narada Muni. You are like the captain of a ship in a great ocean, and you can direct us to our destination. Thus addressed, the godly personality, Devarshi Narda, greatest, greatest of the philosopher devotees began to speak. Prabhupada points out in the purport, there's different types of philosophers, and the greatest of all of them are those who have seen the Supreme Personality of Godhead and surrendered themselves in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Lots of different people out there will tell you all different kinds of stuff, right? There's lots of philosophers. There's political philosophers. There's religious philosophers. There's philosophers of cooking. There's philosophers of car driving. Anything you want to think of. There's somebody who's an expert on something. None of these are worth anything. The greatest of them all are the philosophers who have seen the personality of God and surrendered themselves unto the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Among, then even among such pure devotees of the Lord, Devarshi Narda is the chief. And therefore he has been described herein as the greatest of all philosopher devotees. It's similar, isn't it, to the situation, how many people in the world get interested in Krishna? Amongst thousands, even millions, barely one person, right, becomes interested in Krishna. Then amongst thousands of those persons, or millions of those persons, how barely one, barely one of those persons even knows Krishna in truth. So Devarshi Narada is the chief. 
He's the greatest of all philosopher devotees. Unless one has become a sufficiently learned philosopher by hearing the Vedanta philosophy from a bona fide spiritual master, one cannot become a learned philosopher devotee. You can't be a learned devotee unless you have a spiritual master and you hear from them. So read Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada's purports, read the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada's purports, you get Prabhupada as your spiritual master. He is our preeminent uh, shiksha guru for the whole movement. There's two kinds of gurus. There's the, the guru that instructs us. That's called a shiksha guru. Then there's a diksha, diksha guru. He's the initiating spiritual master. You only have one of those, usually. And then that initiating spiritual master is one of the two devote gurus that you should listen to. And, and you should, you, we can have one diksha guru, but we should have many uh, shiksha gurus who, who instruct us. And we're always instructed by Srila Prabhupada. Always. And it's to the extent that we're reading his books and purports, we're hearing from Prabhupada. And it's so nice. A pure devotee of the Lord can give us direction towards the other end of nescience. What's nescience? Ignorance. Nescience is ignorance. Uh, darkness. How, what's the other end? Light. Knowledge. Bliss. He, this, the, the pure devotee of the Lord directs us how to get to the other side of darkness. The Varshinarda used to visit the palace of Maharaj Yudhisthira because the Pandavas were all pure devotees of the Lord and the Devarshi was always ready to give them good counsel whenever needed. Wow! Even a pure devotee needs counsel. Yes. Why? Not be, doesn't make them not a pure devotee. It just makes it part of the pastime, right? It makes it part of the pastime. And Krishna likes to do this. Krishna likes for the devotees to, to help each other. And even amongst pure devotees, there's this loving exchange. And so it's very important that we become pure devotees and we, we follow these instructions and we see, we get so much solace in this. We get so much, uh, confirmation that what we are doing is right, that this works. That this, this situation is as Krishna wants it. Narada Muni is going to speak. And like I said, to me it was like sort of a mini Bhagavad Gita. And it's very, very nice, very, very concentrated realization of the most incredible personality, Narada Muni. Who doesn't want to hear what Narada Muni has to say 24-7? Narada Muni is such an amazing personality. He's such an important part of our movement. He's in our Guru Parampara. He's in Acharya. He's everything. He gives us this knowledge. It's purified. It's advanced. And how did he get to be Narada Muni? We just read that earlier in the Bhagavatam. He became Narada Muni by honoring the prashadam, the remnants of prashadam eaten by great advanced Bhaktivedantas, right? By, by Krishna's wonderful will and mercy, he got to be a servant. And so he served these great devotees, these pure devotees, and, and during the rainy season. And him and his mother, they would, his mother was cooking for them and he was helping to take care of them and they were, they were hunkered down, right? Because during the rainy season, you know, you don't travel to all the holy places. You, you hunker down, you, you stop traveling and you stay in one place while the rains are there. And it rained for what's the monsoon season? You know, a month, month and a half, two months sometimes maybe. So it was raining constantly. They didn't go anywhere. 
So you have this time where Narada Muni got this concentrated time with pure devotees and ate their remnants. And more than that, he qualified himself for pure devotion by serving them nicely and they became grateful and they became inclined to bless Narada Muni with pure devotional service. So they, they were happy and impressed by this, by the boy. And so they, they blessed him, they benedicted him, they gave pure, devo- pure devotion to him. This is the point of having a spiritual master. We have to please the guru. And if we please the guru, the guru becomes pleased to give us Krishna consciousness. Is it just the guru saying, well, I give it to some, not to others? No, it's an automatic process and Krishna's behind it all. Krishna is doing it through the spiritual master. So you're getting Krishna's mercy when Krishna's devotee says, oh, you're ready. You know, I'm, I'm very pleased with this person. This person's ready for the next step and the next step and the next step. And you keep going. You know, you don't give up. It's not all or nothing. You know, it's not like one day you become Christian conscious, the heavens open up, the, the host of angels come, there's a huge band playing, there's kettle, you know, it's all, it's a tumultuous day. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a pure devotee. Oh boy. You know, here you go. Here's your, here's your, okay. Here's your throne. Here's your bed. <laughs> you can just sit back and relax now. Is that what it is? No. It doesn't happen like that. Pure devotion, it comes slowly. It's a realized thing. You do devotional service for many, many years, and you never feel that you're a pure devotee. If you think you're a pure devotee or you feel you're advanced, then that's a sign that you're not. (laughs) Because becoming a pure devotee means you develop humility. You develop such a humble attitude and so much... So much affection and love for other people and a non-critical attitude. That's huge, isn't it? It's a non-critical attitude. But you say, well, Prabhupada criticized. Yes, but only the spiritual master, the pure devotee, only criticizes to help the devotee. And he'll say it in such a way, or she'll say it in such a way that the person won't be crushed by it. And so the, the, the pure devotee knows, okay, this is a neophyte. There's only so much you can tell him. The pure devotee knows, okay, this is an advanced devotee disciple. I can, I can tell them more. I can, I can chop on them more. I can be more, uh, hard on them so that they get better. And Prabhupada would do that. And my own spiritual master would do that. And he was very careful whenever he, he, he chopped on us a little bit. He would look at us. He would, he would make sure. How are we ta- taking it? Are we taking it okay? Or are we becoming, uh, forlorn and, oh no. <laughs> I just got chastised by my spiritual master. I'm going to quit. And no, they would watch, you know, and they knew. And then if, if, if it was too much, Tamal Krishnamaraj would send somebody to talk to that person. Are you okay? You know, Tamal Krishnamaraj wants to know, are you all right? You know, he knows he gave you a good dose of medicine for your own benefit. But sometimes the medicine's very strong. So the spiritual master has to be careful. And I'm sorry I don't have the actual pastimes. I could tell you these things, but I'll just give it in a little more concentrated form. So trust me, that's what he did sometimes. He would, he would, uh, uh, be, he was careful. He was knowledgeable. Prabhupada, they knew how much a person could take. When you watch Prabhupada's remembrances of his disciples, they're so wonderful. And you see some devotees that Prabhupada was, was chastising a lot and other devotees he never chastised at all. And the devotees that he never chastised said, you know, I think Prabhupada didn't, didn't chastise me because I knew I couldn't take it. <laughs> you know, it, it would have been too much for him. 
or her. And so they had that, but it didn't, it didn't in any way interrupt, interrupt their devotion for Prabhupada and their dedication. But they just kind of knew, they just kind of sensed, you know, Prabhupada treated me the way he did because of, of my nature, because of that devotee's nature. That's, that's the wonderful quality of a really, of a pure devotee. An advanced devotee knows how much the student can hear. Like Tamal Krishnamaraj would say, you know, a good doctor doesn't tell the patient how sick he is. <laughs> or they would give up, right? They would die on the spot. You are so, you're beyond saving. And all of us are like that. We're actually beyond saving. Our disease of material consciousness, we're beyond, we're beyond saving. It, getting out of the wheel of samsara is impossible. Birth, old age, disease, and death. Karma. It's so wicked. It's so strong. It's so hellish. It's so, it's so pervasive. You cannot get free of it except when you get the mercy of a pure devotee who says, let me instru- let me help you. If you'll do what I say, you can get out of this, but you have to meet him halfway. It's like, is it just God's mercy alone or is it your effort and God's mercy? Because is God's mercy cheap? Is Jesus' mercy cheap? Like some people go around saying, I'm born again. I've accepted Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And just by saying that, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about anything else. Wait a minute. What if you live the rest of your life as a sinful rascal? Oh, you're still going to get Jesus' mercy? I don't believe that. I think it makes sense. You, there has to be effort and there has to be the Lord's mercy. So it's like a train track, right? You need the two. You need the Lord. But how do you get the Lord's mercy? You know, some people say you get Jesus' mercy by just saying these these simple words. But if you look at the rest of the Bible or the New Testament, it doesn't look that way, right? Jesus didn't say this is going to be easy. Jesus said it's a razor's edge. And we see the same thing as stated by Prabhupada in the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna tells us that in the Bhagavad Gita. This, this, this aesthetic life is a razor's edge. And it's, Jesus said, you know, sell all you have and follow me. <laughs> How many Christians do that today? No, instead the Christian gospel today is God loves you if you're rich. <laughs> you know, if you want to be rich, Come join my church and I'll show you how to, how God, you'll get God's love and you'll become rich. I mean, that's, they don't say that, that outright. Sometimes they do, but that's basically what they're preaching. And it's not right. It's not Jesus' teachings. And it's, 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 it's clear because the same principle is there in Christian consciousness. It's there in all bona fide religions. Love of God is achieved through humility. And through living a spiritually God-centered life. And it's not, it's, it's, non-violence helps that. But there's times you have to be violent to protect yourself, right? But, you know, being a pacifist, being loving, and, and seeing every living entity as your brother, as your son, as your daughter, including the animals and the trees and the, and the vegetables. But we kill vegetables and eat them. <laughs> we kill grains and eat them. Yes. But the consciousness of a grain, the consciousness of a vegetable is nothing similar to the consciousness of an animal that if you want to kill it to eat its flesh, it's, it feels pain. It cries. You know, it, a fish out of water is in great jeopardy. It's not happy being out of the water. 
So we're not meant to eat these things. We're meant to eat vegetables. And Krishna tells us, you offer me the vegetables. You offer me the grains. You offer the fruits and nuts. And then uh, they become purified. And you then you eat that. So I've gone way over my time. I'm sorry about that. I got a little excited. Krishna consciousness is so wonderful. God consciousness. Spending your life trying to understand who is Krishna is just the greatest thing. And we're so lucky we have it. And even though I know most of the day I'm not trying hard enough, <laughs> I appreciate getting to read the Bhagavatam and, and, and feeling like the urge, okay, give it more, give it more. Just try to do that every day. Give it a little bit more for Krishna. And and one of the things is tonight there will be Bhagavad Gita lecture. We're doing it on at 7 o'clock. The devotees are coming together. So we have that sandwich again, that Prabhupada sandwich that he gave us. Krishna in the morning and Krishna at night. <laughs> and then you go home after you've heard Gita. Maybe you, you you can tune in on your phone or the internet, right? Or listen to it tonight. And then, oh, you're ready to go to sleep. You know, who wants to watch TV after you just heard the Bhagavad Gita lecture, right? No. You want to drink some milk, have a nice relaxed time, maybe read some more. And then go to bed early, Right. Class is over at 7.30. Get yourself... You can be in bed by 8 o'clock. Oh, just imagine. If you go to bed at 8 o'clock, what time you wake up? You know, Even if you're really tired eight hours later, you know, if you sleep a full eight hours, I, I can't usually sleep more than six or seven hours. Sometimes, rarely, maybe I can get eight hours in. But 8 o'clock, you're up at 4 a.m. Even if you sleep eight hours, but chances are you're going to sleep seven. So you're up at 3 you can get ready, come to the temple, Mangalarti, you're ready, you can chant. You know, what else is there to do, you know, at night? You know, end of the day, it's like mostly just gonna be, uh, it, it, you know, waste of time. You're gonna, you're gonna end up just wasting time. So why not get to bed early and get up early and enjoy that special time in the morning? We've all experienced it, right? When you're up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 4.30, 5 a.m., and you're here, oh, it's a bonus if you're here in the temple room, but even if you're just at home, man, you can feel it. It's so calm and relaxed. This, It's like, now's the time. Open the Gita. Open the Bhagavatam. Chant some rounds. You know, do some spiritual practices. So thanks again for listening. Do we have any comments or questions? I think we're good. Yeah, let's go to to breakfast. Thank you for listening in. If you're online and, and if you are here, thank you all very much. Shrimad Bhagavatam Ki. Shri Prabhupada Ki. Jai. Abu Fad,